Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Partnerships, in my opinion, work really, really well if you can't afford to do it. And even if you can afford it, there's nothing wrong with going to two partnerships because it de-risks um, that one purchase if you make the wrong decision. And look, you will make the wrong decision in investing at some point. Don't beat yourself up about that. Um, we all do it. We've all done it. And that's how we learn our lessons. So, But the fact is, over a long period of time, your bad decision will become a good decision because the values will go up. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Shum and in this episode on Property Investory, we continue the conversation with Andrew Coronas or Coronas Group. Making sacrifices at the beginning of his property journey and entering into partnerships to reduce his risk has paid off, allowing him to expand his business and reset his personal goals once he hit them. Confident in his knowledge that he would always be an avenue for real estate, nothing held Coronas back from investing in property. I have a bit of blind faith in property, rightly or wrongly. Um, it served me well to have that blind faith and just do things. I think too many people overanalyze it. Um, if you're buying with, uh, I think I mentioned on the last episode about the fundamentals, if you have reasonable fundamentals about your thought process, don't overanalyze it too much. Everyone's got to live in a house at some particular point or unit. You know, everyone's got to live in a bit of accommodation yeah, at some particular point in time. And as our population grows, that means the value associated with our accommodation goes up. As long, again, as long as you get those fundamentals right. These fundamentals which he uses to determine which property to invest in are centered on purchasing close to the CBD. Generally, infrastructure and spend around an area. Uh, early on, I'd just buy anything um, that was reasonable value close to town and and even to this day my 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 big my biggest thing that i tell people is that by the biggest block of land you can buy close to town um that's for capital growth that's where i see the real the real uh, spend coming on um because land's the one thing that i'm making much of more of in saying that, there are other advantages to buying units in townhouses, especially new ones with regard to the first homeowner's grant um, and with regard to low maintenance and tax effectiveness with the incentives with depreciation. Yeah, So um, it depends what you want and you've got to assess if you want longer-term capital growth or you want better tax effectiveness now um, and... and um, income from the property because I believe a new unit will give you that better than an older house, but an older house has, has um, a land associated. 
With his mindset aimed towards becoming successful, he achieved his long-term goals by the age of 40. Always wanted, always wanted to be successful at what I did. Um, I didn't like being mediocre, and that was a, um, something that I, I remember making a very clear distinction to myself. Um, always used to get disappointed if I was average at something, and, and would work my way towards that. I don't know why, but I always wanted to be successful. Now, what success looked like and uh, is it was in my head, and I had five fairly clear goals that I wanted to hit by the time that I was forty. Um, which I'm pleased to say that I have, and they were they were just things that drove me and gave me a why to do every day, um, and they're very basic things, uh, but they're, they're things that, that meant a lot to me, if that makes sense. Corona says he's constantly learning from and then emulating the mindsets and strategies of other successful people in the business, including his father. I'm a good um, copier. There you go. I love following somebody who's successful and a lot of the people who, who I actually follow, I, I research. Um, they wouldn't even know I'm following them but I learn a lot from them and sometimes I, um, I met one of my heroes once who was you know, quite a, was a successful person um, um, on the Australian stage, if not the world stage, as a business person and I was really disappointed. So in a lot of cases, I don't even want to meet my heroes anymore. I, I, I want to hold them. I was going to hold them as my hero. Um, and so, look, I've had uh, my father's a big influence in my life. There's no doubt about that. With how to how to manage money correctly, um, I and my my family upbringing has all been around those values. Um, I've joined business groups and and a uh, business um, um, over the time that I've elevated from group to group, searching for the right style of people that I can bounce ideas off. And I think that's very important. Um, surrounding yourself with somebody, people who are better than you um, is really important um, because then you learn from them. Um, I'm always eager to learn. You know, the, the idea that most people go to school and learn and then after school stop learning is, is just a crock. Um, I probably can't swear on this show, but, you know, I, I, I'm always pushing our guys here to learn and learn and learn because knowledge is the real power. Um, everything we've done in this world has been done before, yeah. Nothing's new. You know, it might be changed a bit with the way it's done and the, the, how it's facilitated with technology, but it's certainly not new values and new principles. And the more people you can learn off, um, and in my mind, I go and source out people who've been successful and just go and sit and have lunch with them and learn from them, get inspired by them and go and put in play what they do. However, while it can benefit to emulate other successful people, it is important to always stay true to yourself, which is the most powerful advice Cronus has ever received. Stop trying to please other people. Be the best you you can be. Um, and I love that. Because sometimes, especially with social media, and I was only having this conversation with one of the kids here, you, know, you, you can look at other people and you can try to emulate them and try and get jealous of them or you, can, you feel undervalued in yourself. But the fact is, if you can be the best you you can be, that's all you can deliver in this world. And... And, and, and it sounds a silly line, but now this is the fact. If you get 1% better every day, yeah, by the end of the year, you're 365% better. Correct. Yes. It's a compounding effect. It's a compounding effect. And nobody realizes that. That goes with exercise. That goes with weight loss. That goes with your business. That goes with your kids. That goes with your wife. That goes with everything. Every day, try and do something a little bit better. And some days you might be three or four percent better, and some days you might be three or four percent worse. But if you have this growth mentality 
of getting better and offering more to the world every day, you will succeed. To achieve his goals, Coronas implemented a simple strategy for success regarding both property investing and taking his family business to the next level. Trying not to sell property. I think I mentioned I did some townhouse developments and keeping at least one of those townhouses. Um, I, I, I learned fairly early that I didn't like, um, like most Australians, if you don't have to pay tax around um, um, capital gains and things like that. So there's, there's um, yeah, I'm not into quick turning over a property. That's not my style. My style is buying and holding and waiting for the capital appreciation and then borrowing on those um, properties again and and using the equity to go and do it again. But he didn't do it alone. Undertaking joint ventures and commissioning his mates with a carton of beer for some basic renovations played a significant part in his success. She was a, was a little house at um, Beck Street at Paddington. Paddington's a, so close to town that uh, I had a couple of properties and I couldn't afford to buy it by myself. And uh, a close mate of mine um, put our money in. Um, we bought it. Sounds silly, these figures, doesn't it? $116,000 in 1993. Anyone, anyone looking back now would love to have said, I would have bought 10 or 20 of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing, we should have bought 20 or You know what? And the fact is, we'll be saying that in another 15 years. You know, you could buy a house in Paddington for a million dollars and everyone's going, wow, we should have bought your 20 of them. Um, but but, but well, I didn't have the facility. Plus, I wanted to do it. It needed a renovation. It was a terrible house. It in, uh, was a nice little cottage, but it did been very run down and um so he you have to make sacrifices and i think a lot of the you know the new people hopefully listen to this one uh, i haven't said that but yes when you're buying your first home or your first investment property you will need to sacrifice you will need to stop you know what tim gurner said a couple of well, a month or so ago about the smashed avo and it's not about smashed avo it's about you know not spending the money on disposable or, or discretionary spends and putting it into a property and what it gave us is a purpose you know my, he had actually sell his car you know sold pretty ordinary Volvo to be honest I remember he had to sell it to help get the deposit together but we got the deposit together and we and then on the every night we'd work together on this house and it gave us a purpose to renovate the house we had our friends come over we'd buy them a carton of beer and they'd be painting our house for us um, and we had a lot of fun because we were only young those days um, so partnerships, in my opinion, work really, really well if you can't afford to do it. And even if you can afford it, there's nothing wrong with going into two partnerships because it de-risks um, that one purchase if you make the wrong decision. And look, you will make the wrong decision in investing at some point. Don't beat yourself up about that. Um, we all do it. and We've all done it. And that's how we learn our lessons. So, But the fact is, over a long period of time, your bad decision will become a good decision because the values will go up. Yeah, and if you do add value to it, like what you did with renovation, it, it should generate the right equity if it's been done correctly. I think the first five or six houses, easily five, I renovated. And that was me painting, me doing a lot of the tiling. I learned how to tile. I learned how to do a lot of things, which was, again, as a young guy with his mates, is pretty good fun. You know, so you should look at it that way. And adding value by renovating is a very easy thing to do. I mean, these days you can just about learn to do anything off YouTube and you can go down to, you can go down to Bunnings and I'll tell you, they'll give you everything you need to do it. It's just a matter of you putting your labour in. So, you know, we didn't put any labour charge into it, so we all managed to renovate our houses cheaply and we ended up with a pretty good product. Choosing the right person to enter into a partnership with who has similar values and an understanding of the role is crucial. It's just a matter of choosing the person. You know, we had set outcomes at the beginning. So it was, this is what we're going to do. We're going to work on this. It'd be no point if I was working on the house 
and my partner was out at the pub all the time. You know, that wouldn't work at all. So we had very clear understandings of what we were going to do and we had a clear understanding of when we were going to get out. Um, so that's how I would make sure that you have that conversation well and truly with the person to make sure they're aligned with the same values as you. Because if they've got the same values, partnerships work well. If you want the same outcome and you're prepared, you have to prepare to put the same work ethic in, everything works well. If it doesn't, you're in trouble. And I would look at, I don't think partnerships for everybody, I would look at your own certain personality and say, have I been good enough holding relationships with either friends or with a partner or uh, you know, being boyfriend, girlfriend, or, or, or um, have I had long-term friendships? And if you have, they're the right people to have partnerships with. If they've changed friends around and because um, they've changed friends around and they've um, had issues, um, don't go into partnership because it's just not your style. So acknowledge, again, acknowledge who you are and be true to your values. Coming up after the break, we'll chat to Corinus about investing in commercial property and using the bank's money, especially with commercial property and interest only loans because the tenants are paying the interest component for you. The best resources he has come across that he recommends to listeners? Simon Sinek all starts with a why is excellent. And, um, I, I would think that out of everything I've read, I've got most out of that than any other book because it brings it back to the real reason, what the hell are you here for in life? And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey podcast listeners, are you enjoying listening to these stories and want more? Then head over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email. Just one of the many benefits of being part of this community. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, their strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinvestory.com to get your free case studies. Now back to the show. Many people get into commercial property after investing into residential, but Coronas decided to enter in commercial on looking at the potential returns on a corner shop in Brisbane. Well, we started expanding the offices and I thought to myself, and it might be an old Greek value, why the hell are we paying people rent when we can pay ourselves rent? So, you know, we own about 50% of the, the sites that we um, we occupy as Corona's group now, um, which is great. Um, so the, the first one was our office at Stafford as we expanded in 2000. Um, Dad bought it and we paid ourselves a reasonable amount of rent and he and I are in partnership in many of our properties now, which is great. Uh, and they pay themselves off because we've got to pay rent to somebody. Um, and we've got other ones that we don't have um, we don't have any uh, tenancy in as well. Um, but how did I get into it? I looked at the returns that came from it. Um, you know, interest only loans came in when I first started looking at commercial real estate in the good old days, so to speak. I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm only 47. Um, you had to. You, you had to. You had to. Well, when I was 20 something, I was looking at commercial real estate and go, wow. You know, I remember a corner shop I wanted to buy, just, you know, a local corner shop at, at, a, at a place called Sandgate in Brisbane. And I went, wow, this is really great. I love this. Um, it was returning a lot better than a house. Does that make sense? If a house was rented for $100 a week, it was getting $500 a week. I go, wow, this doesn't make sense. This makes a lot more sense than buying a house. It was a block of land still. 
it was a shop and house attached. Not many people wanted to buy it. it had a corner shop in it, and they were paying for instance, I'm just pulling this figure out of out of the air, but it's say five hundred dollars a week as opposed to hundred dollars a week. But then I went to the bank, and the bank said, "Yeah, that's great. We class it as a commercial property. It's principal and interest. And you've got to pay it back in ten years." So it was a really hard thing to get right. How do you pay, you know, a mortgage of two hundred thousand dollars back in ten years back then? Um, even if you were getting more rent. But then they brought in interest-only loans, um, and I'm, I'm a big um, proponent, uh, supporter of interest-only loans in the, right, in the right positions. Does that make sense? Once you've got equity and using the bank's money, especially a commercial property and interest-only loans, because the tenants are paying the interest component for you. Now that interest rates have dropped so cheap, um, most of them are, are very positively geared, um, and you can still you – know, you, can, you can go and buy commercial property now that – you're going to be paying 5% interest rate on and they'll be returning 7 and 8%. Yeah, that's fantastic. And that's, that's the reason why a lot of people like to get commercial properties part of their portfolio to balance the mix because you get a high return. Is that yeah, correct to say? Very much. Now, if you add, you know, the, the issue is um, I'm not a big believer in strata title on commercial law. If you can buy it on a, in, a, in, a, in a position where you have um, development upside, um, being near a train line or a shopping centre or an arterial road, um, you, all they're doing is helping you hold the property and helping you pay it off and eventually you've got a development site that you can sell for a lot more money. With the growth of his business, having a personal habit of looking at things from the customer's perspective has launched his success in the industry. You know, the, the, the business has grown organically really well because I've got that growth mentality. I mean, we've not only got the sales, and that's why we're a property group, we've not only got the sales business and the rentals business, but we've integrated it vertically, vertically and horizontally, to be honest. Um, we're about to go into another brand as well. But the vertical integration for us is now we've got a, uh, we've got two registered training organisations. We've trained people for the real estate industry. Um, we've got a finance and, and financial planning arm, which is you know doing reasonably well. It's doing multi-millions. A month, and we just won a national award as a real estate agency for the best brokerage under ten brokers in Australia, which is good. Um, we've got a, um, a financial planning section, which is going well off the back of that finance broking. We have a full maintenance division. We have um, called APM, which does smoke alarms and maintenance for all the properties we manage. And we've now got a conveyancing section, which is going gangbusters as well. So the, the, every element of the business is starting to grow. Because I, I, I look at life like a, a, a customer and I try to make sure that I can make it as simple as possible to do business with us. And when you're buying a property, for example, I'm just trying to tell you the way that I think. When you're buying or selling a property, there's a lot of other activities that need to be done. And real estate agencies, all they want to do is collect rent and sell property. But, and then for the rest of it, they say to the clients, go and sort your own stuff out. Most of our clients, and, and, and I'm being, you know, being respectful to our old industry, don't want that. They want somewhere to hold their hands through the whole process. And we figured out a way of doing that. So, you know, coming back to your question, you know, the things that have helped drive me with the business is the, the key while we're all in business, which is offering the customers and the community the best service level and, and satisfaction. And we've got to find better ways internally to do that. And I think the only way the community can reward us is that they give us money. Yeah. Money is just a scorecard for doing a really good job, in my opinion. That's all it is. And the same as property developing and property acquiring, it's the same thing. If you offer properties and own properties that people want to be in or rent or be around in, in areas that, are, that are, are, are desirable, 
they will go up in value because people will give you money to be there. That's the only value they can show. He also stands behind the importance of having engaged and passionate people servicing his customers. You know, it's interesting. There's a paradox there too. You know, a lot of people say, what's the most important thing in your business? And a lot of people talk about customers being the most important thing. And I disagree with that totally. I think the people that work within the business are the most important because if, they, if they're happy and they're engaged and they're passionate about their business and their, their vocations, they'll look after the customers. There's no doubt about that. They'll do a good job with the customers. Um, you know, the customers are important. But if the people who are servicing the customers aren't looking after the customers, the customers won't come to you. Coronas also shares some of the books and resources that he recommends to listeners to help them find their purpose in life. I'm not a big um, reader, never have been. I'm a big flicker of books. I love flicking through books, love it. Um, you know, the idea, someone actually told me, you know, and I, I agree with this. If you're watching a movie and it gets to a boring part, you don't sit there and watch the whole bloody movie just for the sake of saying I watched the movie. And, you know, when I was at school, everyone tells you to read from cover to cover. I don't think you have to. Um, so, you know, I've got, um, I've got, many books that I do read. Um, the one that I'm reading at the moment is, uh, well, sorry, the one that I'm getting some inspiration from at the moment is, is, is a great old one called Good to Great. Um, and I love that. But, you know, I, I flick every book. I was reading you know, Kenneth Blanchard's book the other day that I haven't read for a long time called The One Minute Manager. I don't know if anybody's heard that. Um, great book, you know. You, Look, a lot of it is on YouTube now too, which is even better. Um, Simon Sinek, um, I don't know if you've heard of him at all. Um, he has an excellent piece on the, um, it all starts with the why, and I do believe that. You know, why are you doing this? You know, I have a I have a purpose and my why, and I don't mind sharing that to you. Is is to you know grow a big business and leave a legacy for the community um, that's going to add value. That's what I love doing. Um, uh, and that, well, that, that helps drive you when things get tough, yeah? So, if he were to meet himself as he was 10 years ago, what would he say? I would have said to myself, stay true to your, to your values. I would not be, um, I'd not be, I'd not be distracted by the negative influences of other people who don't know what they're talking about. I think sometimes we get in life, we can go on tangents and go off tangents with and make mistakes with our direction because we're not staying true to our vision and, and our where we want to end up. Yeah. So I would have said to myself, probably to real you know, once I hit the certain markers that I did, I would have I would have done what I normally do, which is reset my goals before I get to them. Sounds a bit silly, but I encourage people to do that, to get to about seventy percent of where they're heading and then then push it out again, which makes you keep driving. Um, so I would have said be be true to myself, not listen to people who don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, only if they've got runs on the board would I listen to you. Um, and I would um, reset my goals well before I got to them so that you don't go into, I've done this, this is cool, I'm happy with myself land because then you, you lose your purpose and that's when you lose a lot of things, yeah? Now, Coronas is most excited about his fresh plans for the business in the near future providing a clear vision for the Coronas brand. Oh, I'm excited about the new um, the new vision that we just created for the business for the next two years. We're going to get to you know, the, the vision of the 50 offices, which I always said we would do. Um, and I, I've got a team under me who are driving me now, which is really cool. I love it. Um, and it's given me a new vocation and passion because they're running so hard and fast and they're, they're shareholders in the business. Um, 
um, as well. So they will, we're, we're going to be – the goal is to list the business in two years' time, grow it to a full – on the stock exchange, grow grow the business to a, um, a full service offering and property services rather than just real estate sales, as I said. So we've got you know, the exceptionally strong finance section and sales and property management, but also the conveyancing and law side of it, wills and estates, um, and offering internally what we call every piece of the property puzzle, um, and then listing the property in the stock exchange. That's where we, we intend on going. So that's given me a real passion and, and drive, which I love. If you wish to connect with Cronus, you can reach out to him via email. And, and look, I'm a very open book when it comes to that. Just email me is the best at andrew at coronas.com.au, and um, I'm more than happy to create a, uh, an opportunity to have a talk to people. Thank you to Andrew Coronas, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. Simply type in the search bar Andrew Coronas and select that episode to learn more about his story. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email, you can text me your email address to 0499881040 to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening.